Chapter thirty five of Kate Bonnet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Terasek. Kate Bonnet by Frank R. Stockton. Chapter thirty five. A chapter of happenings. For happiness with a flaw in it. It was a very fair happiness which now hung over the Delaplaine home near Spanish Town. Kate Bonnet's father was still a pirate, but there was no Captain Vince in hot pursuit of him, seeking his blood. Kate could sing with the birds and laugh with Dickory whenever she thought of the death of the wicked enemy. This was not, it may be thought, a proper joy for a young maiden's heart, but it came to Kate whether she would or not. The change was so great from the fear which had possessed her before. The old home life began again, although it was a very quiet life. Dickory went into Mr. Delaplaine's counting-house, but it was hard for the young man to doff the naval uniform which had been bestowed upon him by Blackbeard, for he knew he looked very well in it, and everybody else thought so and told him so, but it could not be helped and with all convenient speed he discarded his cocked hat and all the rest of it, and clothed himself in the simple garb of a merchant's clerk. Although it might be said that in all the West Indies, at that day, there was no clerk so good-looking as was Dickory. Dame Charter was so thankful that her boy had come safely through all his troubles, so proud of him, and so eminently well satisfied with his present position, that she asked nothing of her particular guardian angel but that Steed Bonnet might stay away. If, after tiring of piracy, that man came back, as his relatives wished him to do, the good dame was sure he would make mischief of some sort, and as like as not in the direction of her dickory. If this evil family genius should be lost at sea or should disappear from the world in some equally painless and undisgraceful fashion dame charter was sure that she could in a reasonable time quiet the grief of poor kate for what right-minded damsel could fail to mingle thankfulness with her sorrow that a kind death should relieve a parent from the sins and disgraces which in life always seemed to open up in front of him about this time there came a letter from barbados which was of great interest to everybody in the household. It was from Master Martin Newcomb, and of course was written to Kate, but she read many portions of it to the others. The first part of the epistle was not read aloud, but it was very pleasant for Kate to have read it to herself. This man was a close lover and an ardent one. Whatever had happened to her fortunes, nothing had interfered with his affection. Whatever he had said, he still bravely stood by, and to whatever she had objected in the way of obstacles, he had paid no attention whatever. In the parts of the letter read to her uncle and the others, Master Newcomb told how, not having heard from them for so long, he had been beginning to be greatly troubled, but the arrival of the Black Swan, which, after touching at Kingston, had continued her course to Barbados, had given him new life and hope, and it was his intention, as soon as he could arrange his affairs, 
to come to Jamaica, and there say by word of mouth and do, in his own person, so much for which a letter was totally inadequate. The thought of seeing Kate again made him tremble as he walked through his fields. This was read inadvertently, and Dickory frowned. Dame Charter frowned, too. She had never supposed that Master Newcombe would come to Spanish Town. She had always looked upon him as a very worthy young farmer, so worthy that he would not neglect his interests by travelling about to other islands than his own. She did not know exactly how her son felt about this, nor did she like to ask him, but Dickory saved her the trouble. "'If that Newcombe comes here,' he said, "'I'm going to fight him.' what cried his mother you would not do that that would be terrible it would ruin everything ruin what he asked his mother answered diplomatically it would ruin all your fine opportunities in this family dickory smiled with a certain sarcastic hardness i don't mean said he that i am going to hack at him with a sword because neither he nor i properly know how to use swords and after the wonderful practice that I have seen, I would not want to prove myself a bungler even if the other man were a worse one. No, mother, I mean to fight with him by all fair means to gain the hand of my dear Kate. I love her, and I am far more worthy of her than he is. He is not a well-disposed man, being rough and inconsiderate in his speech." Dickory had never forgiven the interview by the river-bank when he had gone to see Madame Bonnet and as to his being a stout lover, he is none of it. Had he been that, he would long ago have crossed the little sea between Barbados and here. "'Do you mean, you foolish boy,' exclaimed Dame Charter, "'to say that you presume to love our mistress Kate?' And her eyes glowed upon him with all the warmth of a mother's pride, for this was the wish of her heart, and never absent from it. "'Ay, mother,' said Dickory, I shall fight for her. I shall show her that I am worthier than he is, and that I love her better. I shall even stride for her if that mad pirate comes back and tries to overset everything. Oh, do it before that, cried Dame Charter, anxiety in every wrinkle. Do it before that. Mr. Delaplaine was a little troubled by the promised visit from Barbados. He had heard of Master Newcombe as being a most estimable young man, but the fault about him, in his opinion, was that he resided not in Jamaica. For a long time the good merchant had lived his own life, with no one to love him, and he now had with him his sister's child, whom he had come to look upon as a daughter, and he did not wish to give her up. It was true that it might be possible under favourable pressure, to induce young Newcombe to come to Jamaica and settle there. But this was all very vague. Had he had his own way, he would have driven from Kate every thought of love or marriage until the time when his new clerk, Dickory Charter, had become a young merchant of good standing, worthy of such a wife. Then he might have been willing to give Kate to Dickory, and Dickory would have given her to him and they might have all been happy. That is, if that hair-brained bonnet did not come home. The Delaplaine family did not go much into society at that time, 
for people had known about the pirate and his ship the revenge and the pursuit upon which captain vince of the royal corvette badger had been sent they had all heard too of the death of captain vince and some of them were not quite certain whether he had been killed by the pirate bonnet or another desperado equally dangerous knowing all this although if they had not known it they would scarcely have found it out from the speech of their neighbors the delaplaines kept much to themselves and they were happy and the keynote of their happiness was struck by kate whose thankful heart could never forget the death of captain vince mr delaplaine made his proper visit to spanish town to carry his thanks and to tell the governor how things had happened to him and the governor still showed his interest in mistress kate bonnet and expressed his regret that she could not come with her uncle which was a very natural wish indeed for a governor of good taste this is a chapter of happenings and the next happening was a letter from that good man ben greenway and it told the most wonderful splendid and glorious news that had ever been told under the bright sun of the beautiful west indies it told that captain steed bonnet was no longer a pirate and that kate was no longer a pirate's daughter these happy people did not join hands and dance and sing over the great news but kate's joy was so great that she might have done all these things without knowing it so thankful was she that once again she had a father this rapture so far outshone her relief at the news of the death of captain vince that she almost forgot that that wicked man was safe and dead kate was in such a state of wild delight that she insisted that her uncle should make another visit to the governor's house and take her with him that she herself might carry the governor the good news and the governor said such heartwarming things when he heard it that kate kissed him in very joy but as dickory was not of the party this incident was not entered as part of the proceedings now society both in spanish town and kingston opened its arms and insisted that the fair star of barbados should enter them and there were parties and dances and dinners and it might have been supposed that everybody had been a father or a mother to a prodigal son so genial and joyful were the festivities kate high above all others at some of these social functions dickory charter was present but it is doubtful whether he was happier when he saw kate surrounded by gay admirers or when he was at home imagining what was going on about her there was but one cloud in the midst of all this sunshine and that was that mr delaplaine dame charter and her son dickory could not forget that it was now in the line of events that steed bonnet would soon be with them and beyond that all was chaos and over the seas sailed the good ship the royal james captain thomas in command end of chapter thirty five recording by meg turasek